It's in 1 Timothy. And you might remember when uh, we looked at this a few months back, we talked about how Timothy is one of those books that's considered part of the pastoral epistles. It's like Paul here is writing to Timothy, and he's kind of giving him some instruction on how to be a minister of God. And it's uh, really good for individuals that are uh, in the ministry, going into ministry. These are good books to study. Uh, or good epistles to study. Timothy is one of those that's really good because Paul gives a lot of really practical stuff, um, you know, and just some of those ideas that we've heard uh, in our walk with God, you know, be instant in season, out of season, uh, do the work of an evangelist, um, study to show yourself approved, just, to, you know, those kind of real foundational, real practical things. And, and in 1 Timothy, and I'm going to be starting chapter 1, and uh, I'll start with the verse I'm going to focus in on, then I might jump around a little bit in there. I'm not sure how it'll all flow, but we'll see. So 1 Timothy chapter 1, and I'll start in uh, verse uh, 18. And uh, 1 Timothy 1.18, Paul has kind of laid out just a little bit of stuff and um, talked about being an example, and uh, I might go back and look at that. But verse 18 is, This charge I commit to thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightst war a good warfare, holding faith and good conscience, which some, having put away concerning the faith, had made shipwrecked. And then he mentions a couple of individuals that had done that, who he delivered over to Satan to learn not to blaspheme. Um, but the, the, the point of what I want to share today and the, and the thought that I want to kind of convey is this aspect of verse 18 where Paul's telling Timothy that with the prophecies that he had over him, um, to be uh, faithful with them, to, to remember them, to walk in them, that, that idea, and the fact that he's wanting him to war a good warfare uh, because we are in a battle. We are in a war. Uh, we have uh, several things that war against us. Um, as a matter of fact, in, in many ways, we're completely outnumbered. Uh, we have the world, which wars against us. We have the flesh, which wars against us. We have the enemy and his kingdom that wars against us. Uh, you know, that's quite a few things going against us, isn't it? Um, and we have a crucified Savior that goes with us, one who died for our sins, one who is resurrected from the dead. We have the Holy Spirit of God living in us and among us, um, uh, a teacher that can teach us all things, a comforter that can comfort us in, in times of trial and, and difficulty. Um, and so we have a lot going for us too, but there's a lot against us. And, and the thing I want to talk about when, in dealing with the warfare is the, the aspect of which, you know, how do we fight? How do we do this war? We have, uh, of course, also in our country, you can think about we have a government that's against us. I mean, some of the things we talked about even uh, this morning, just in, in the prayer requests and stuff, you got an aspect in our country where the, even in popular opinion, so to speak, or at least in the um, uh, mainstream media and stuff, it's like Christianity is like a really bad religion and Islam is a really good religion. And it's, it's really strange because if you were like an alien coming from outer space and started watching the news and different things, you would think that America was a country under siege and being attacked by Christians and we had to deal with the Christians and the Muslims were good, peace-loving people. It's, just, it's really strange the way uh, our country kind of embraces Islam who is out killing people and they're attacking and they're doing all these terrorist things and, and yet 
Christianity is the one that they're all against and saying, oh, they're bad people, they're hateful, they're, you know, we need to, we need to put them in jail because of what they think. <laughs> it's just very, very odd. Um, so we have that aspect, and you go, as, as I look at where I'm at now, you know, I shared some of my history last week, and um, uh, some of the things I didn't share, and I think I'll, I'll, I'll kind of just build on that a little bit in, in some of my story. After I left the bookstore and uh, was looking at going into ministry, you know, I mentioned I found a building. I thought, oh, this would be a great building. It was over on um, uh, Commercial Avenue in Springfield, right kind of in that central area, and just a few blocks away from uh, the Assemblies of God headquarters where they have their worldwide outreach and their worldwide things and stuff. And I, I went in and talked to the uh, person that does... Uh, what is it, like United States missions and stuff. And I set up an appointment with him, and I went in, and I said, listen, this is what I think we can do. We can get this place, you know, and it, it won't take a whole lot and, and remodel it and have it as a place because there's a lot of homeless people over here on Commercial Street where we can kind of train them and help them and teach them and, and give them opportunity to grow uh, as individuals and move them off the streets. And, and his main uh, concern with me was how I managed to get an appointment with him. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing here? You didn't go through all the process. You're supposed to go through this person and that person. I just set up an appointment, went in and started talking to him. <laughs> He's like, and, and they're like, well, you know, and they had all their ways of doing things and stuff. And my thought was, yes, the, the Assemblies of God is the fastest growing and, and one of the greatest outreaches around the world in, in, in moving forward the kingdom and has seen major advances. As a matter of fact, you know, Teo, our missionary from Rwanda, was in the Assemblies of God church over there. Um, in Africa, they're growing just amazingly. It's great outreach. And I'm like, yeah, but, I, but my thought was and my focus was and my point was, but what about at home? What about where you live? What about these people that are just down the street from you that you see that, that are just struggling? And, uh, you know, we have veterans living in the woods and, you know, things like that. Why aren't, you know, why aren't we doing something just right here in our own home? Because I believe the biblical uh, concept and principle is you start where you're at, and then you spread out from there. And, and to me, it was like they've gotten so big and so effective out there that they've forgotten where they're at. And, and I won't explore that a whole lot more, but that was what I went to him. And, of course, you know, that didn't go anywhere. <laughs> um, but uh, I had that place, and when I was in Biloxi, uh, Mississippi, helping out with the relief for Katrina, I met an individual there. Uh, who had a ministry South Carolina called Christ Central Ministry. And he was one of the most amazing men of God I've ever met. Just the, the peace of God that was on him was incredible. Um, the presence of God, he's one of these people where, I, I put it this way, he's one of those people where I meet and I'm like, I want to know your God. It's like he knew God in a way I didn't. He just had this relationship and just this uh, presence and peace and just ability they were there early on and they were helping and, and, and doing stuff. And even individuals that came from his ministry, I was just like, wow, I mean, just, it, it, it's so cool. And so I, I contacted him and uh, I'd asked him to contact me back. He was going to call me back. <laughs> Before he could call me back, lightning hit a telephone pole or something. I don't know the exact, I, I got to get the story from him. Hit a telephone pole or something and like fried out his phone and he lost my contact information and all this stuff. And I thought, oh, he's not going to call me back, so I guess there's not going anywhere. Well, then I, I called him again and got contact with him. And uh, I was like, man, I want you 
involved here? How can I do something here with you? You know, it's like I want to I want to work with you. And he had a ministry in South Carolina, and uh, he had a school there. I thought about going to school there. And then I thought, well, you know, one of the things I can do is I know books real good and doing a bookstore. I thought I could go there and help him set up a bookstore uh, for the ministry and stuff that would later, they were working on building a college. They could use it to, 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 to uh, fill the library and the college and things like that. I could help set up the library. So we went out to South Carolina to go see him. And... Um, and visit him, and at the same time, uh, if you remember, I got fired from the one bookstore. The individual that fired me had opened his own bookstore. This is years have gone by now. Um, and as he was opening his bookstore, what I did is I took boxes of books that I had that were good quality books that I decided to get rid of at my store that I had started, and I sold them to him for like five, ten dollars a box. I, I basically, I gave him thousands of dollars worth of books for maybe a hundred dollars or so. I mean, and, and then I, I, then I gave him a whole bunch of books that he gave me like trade credit for so I could get something later that I never really cashed in. I just like gave him those books. I helped him a lot, uh, to get his store going. He had it for several years and now, um, he couldn't make it go anymore. And so he offered to sell me everything he had for $10,000. And so as I went out to South Carolina, my thought was, well, I could buy all that stuff from him, kind of help him out again. Um, even though he was the guy that fired me, yes, you know, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk in a more biblical way than than my flesh way because my flesh. <laughs> and uh, so I went out to South Carolina to look into that, and as I sat down with them to 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 kind of go over some of these ideas I had, you know, I could buy this, we could go put it in the store, you know, I could come and go to school here too and learn, and and we could help build this library and stuff. At the very same time. He had just gotten information about a library, a large library of a college that went out of business or, or gone bankrupt or whatever the case was over in, I think it was Washington State, and he had the opportunity to buy it at a really good price. And I'm like, oh, man. And I mean, they had like antique manuscripts and all kinds of stuff. And I thought, man, I've got nothing to offer here on this. Like, okay, God, so that's, that's not it. And, and, uh, and he offered, like, you know, if I wanted to go and get, like, a doctorate or something, I could go come and be a teacher at a school or something. Like, I don't see that. And then, so I don't know. So then I came back to Missouri and started working on that building and stuff. He came to visit one at once, and I kind of showed him around and showed him some things, showed him the building, showed him stuff, and he gave me some ideas, and then he went back to South Carolina. And then I realized with, with the building I was trying to do and all that stuff, I thought, man, I'm trying to force this. And I'm doing it in my own power, my own strength, and maybe I could make it work, but I don't think that's the way God wants me to do it. So I let it go. I put like a $2,000 deposit on the building. I lost that. Um, and I just kind of let it go by the wayside. And then I started going, well, I guess if I'm not going to do that and I don't see exactly where God wants me to do, I need to get a job. And uh, I, w I worked at Hollywood Video a little bit, but then I, I, I went and uh, I found online an application for uh, a place at Ark of the Ozarks which works with individuals with disabilities. They needed somebody in their um, recreation department, and I had like background in lifeguarding and things like that. And I thought, oh, that might be good. So I went and applied there, and they hired me on uh, actually as a job coach, kind of teaching individuals with job training and stuff, which was probably a better fit for me. And that's kind of led to, to where I am now. I've been there for eight years. Well, in my process of being there, one of the things I realized was in the church, they really don't understand or 
focus on or talk about or, or deal with, for the most part, individuals with disabilities, uh, especially when it comes to mental disabilities, uh, behavioral disabilities, things like that. It seems like it's one of those areas in the church that was really just kind of silent, um, swept under the rug, um, on the wayside. There's some that do. I'm not saying all of them, but, but by and large, because after I got saved in 1984, I would go to Baptist churches and Assembly of God churches. Those were the two, Fundamental Baptist, Assembly of God. Uh, those were the two main churches that I went to because my sister was uh, Fundamental Baptist, so I'd go with her, and Assembly of God was the church I got saved in, so I'd go to those and get the different perspectives and different ideas and different thoughts. And, and even in all the different churches I went to with traveling and all the different things and all the places, it really wasn't something that I, that I saw much. And so I saw as, um, as the time goes by and developing, I'm going, okay, Lord, you know what? There is a place for ministry right here with these individuals that would be really good. And uh, especially a year back, maybe a little longer, God was making really clear to me how that would be a really effective tool to go in and minister to the churches in Springfield. Springfield has a lot of churches. I looked up once on like, uh, it was like Google or something where you could go in a city and see how many churches there were. And I found like over 365 churches just in the Springfield area. It's like you could go to one every day of the year for a year and not go to every church that's there. It's a very religious town. Uh, and, uh, and there's really kind of this almost uh, a darkness covering of, of, of religion there. Uh, it's an area also where there is, uh, Green County is number one in child abuse. Uh, it's an area that's always been in the top for drug use. Uh, meth has been big in the past. Now heroin's coming, becoming really big, um, and and overdoses and death and, and all those different things. And you go, man, uh, what a mess! How how do we help even the churches here? And um, and now I've moved into the autism department, working with autism. And one of the things that they struggle with at the place where I work is employees. They can't keep employees there. And, and I've always thought, man, what a place for these people. that they got Baptist Bible College. you got uh, Southern Baptist University here. You've got uh, the uh, Evangel University, which is Assembly of God College. you got all these college kids in town. I thought, man, you know, if you're going to go into ministry, I'll tell you what, why don't you come and serve some people that are really, really needy, uh, that have mental issues, that have behavioral issues, that have physical issues, and, and learn what it's like to really serve some people. Uh, and so now, um, uh, they, they, they just changed the, the rules at work for this month. Um, if we get somebody to work there, they'll give us $500. <laughs> Whoa. That's how much they want people to work. <laughs> <laughs> if they work one week, you get $250. If they work three months, you get another $250. Isn't that something? Um, but um, and so now I've gotten to know the person that's kind of over the um, the hiring thing a little bit. I'm starting to develop a little bit of relationship with her. She's newer, uh, which is good because then you know she doesn't know who to get to know. So <laughs> so when I see her, I say hi, I talk to her and stuff. And and what what I can see God doing because more and more He's laying on my heart to go more and more into full time ministry. But I want to be wise in my warfare. I've got the visions. I've got the ideas. You know, here I'm thinking of Timothy. You know, be wise in the warfare. Uh, the, the, the government is, is overseeing, you know, individuals we work with. I mentioned last week, I checked, um, the, just the average individual 
for their care for one year is over $100,000. It's at least $120,000, $130,000, maybe more. That's just providing them with their basic care. That's not medical. That's not uh, medications. Um, that, that stuff. Why does it get so blown out of proportion? Because the government does it. And that's just the care where I'm at. They also have the, a regional center that does oversight, and they also have another group that does oversight, and I'm sure they get paid separately for that. Um, it was like when they did when we had the ice storm in Springfield. They did debris cleanup there. I went I went and did that um, for like a month or so, and they were paying crazy amounts of money to clean up stuff. And but then it was the government. So what we had to do is we had to take a GPS reading of a tree if it was going to be cut down. We had to take a picture of the branch that they were about to cut down. GPS reading. Then when they cut the branch down, we had to take a picture with a ruler to prove that it was the certain width of that branch that they cut down. And we had to put the start time and we had to put the end time and we had to put the number of the disaster number and uh, we had to do all that and then we had to save all these pictures and they had to be documented. We had to put the picture number and, and six or eight copies deep that we had to do for each one so they could get paid for it. Whereas if they would have just went, okay, guys, we need to go in, clean up the stuff that's in there, you know, get a couple bids and do it, it would have been like a tenth of what they paid because they were paying us crazy money to do that. We were working like 80, 90 hours uh, a week or something. We worked from sunrise to sunset every day. Uh, seven days a week, and they played us crazy money. Then they had oversight that would come. One day, three different agencies or four different agencies came, and at the beginning of the day, we were doing things a certain way. Then a little bit later, they said, no, you got to do it this way. Then a little bit later, they changed it said, no, you got to do it this way. Then a little bit later, they came and said, no, you got it this way. And by the end of the day, we were back doing it the way we were at the beginning of the day. <laughs> Thank you for coming and telling us what we had to do. <laughs> you know, that's not sustainable. You know that you no. can't go on like that. No. Uh, it, it's completely unsustainable. And, and you think about, that's the way they do the disasters. And then the company that I was working for that did that, that's kind of what they did is they go and clean up for disasters. They also did down in, um, uh, down south when Katrina went, there was an area they did a bunch on. The government audited them. They went back with the GPS and all that stuff and proved 97%, I think, that, yep, everything they said they did, they did. Then they audited them again. Then they audited them again. You know, that wasn't free. <laughs> all that money just being wasted and wasted and wasted. And then what did they do, of course, with most of the trees and all that? I mean, there was some beautiful oaks and stuff that went down and stuff. Most of it, what they did... If they hauled it off, put it in a big pile, and burned it. And it's like, man, you know there's people that use this for firewood? You know there's people, if you took it, they'd say, listen, yeah, you can use my land. Go dump it here, and they'll go and cut it up later and, and, and use it for firewood, you know. But that's government. Um, and that's who part of our battle is with. And so I'm thinking, I want to do it wisely. I want, I'm ready to move into battle. I'm ready to move into more full-time ministry, but I want to do it wisely. So I have to watch. As, as an ordained minister, I can get like tax exemption for Social Security and things like that. Uh, I have to watch how, you know, in ministry, um, like churches, they got all that 5013 nonsense and stuff, which a church doesn't have to have, but they try to get people to have and all that stuff. So I'm asking for prayer for wisdom as I move forward with it. What 
I'm thinking I can do, and, and what, what I'm going to try to do as a goal, is work more and more with my work and see if I can get opportunities to be able to go and share in churches in Springfield and stuff, the ministry to individuals with disabilities. And, of course, for work, I'll be saying I'm looking for workers, uh, going into these churches looking for workers. But in reality, my desire is to stir up the people to realize that there's needs out there and to see that remnant that's out there that's willing to get out and do something and find some individuals that are ready to just move forward with God and, and move forward in the army. So, so it's kind of a dual purpose <laughs> and I think a wise way to go. Um, um, but pray for me uh, for wisdom and how to move forward with that and to do those things. I'd asked them in the past, uh, you know, hey, can I do that? And they're like, well, you can only share at your church. You know, that's all you can do. You know, and then I tried to, it, it, it was a different person back then. I was a few years back. I was trying more and more to try to do that. And, uh, you know, what well, can I go, you know, what can I do? How can I do it? You know, and they had like a little video where they do some job fairs and stuff. And it just, just closed doors, closed doors, closed doors. But I think now, uh, as, uh, as desperate as they're getting more and more <laughs> for people to work, and, uh, and this new individual that, that's doing it, I think now is the time that I can start moving forward with that and, and finding ways. Also, the other ministry that I work with, you know, that I, I used to be with the Assemblies of God, and I let that license expire, and I got ordained with Acts Ministry. Acts Ministry, for those of you who don't know, was started by a Methodist minister who wanted to see uh, unity that comes from Christ through the Holy Spirit in all different places. It doesn't matter what the denomination is, Baptist, Assembly of God, Methodist, whatever. And, and it's a very uh, special group and a, and a unique group. It's, it's based out of Springfield. It's small, but it's very effective. Um, it, they have radio, they have television, they have a newspaper, um, they have a prayer circle all around the world. And even though they're small, they're very effective. They have done so much with very little money. Uh, it, it's really quite amazing. And it's the, their whole, if you want to know what they believe and, and what they teach, it's unity in Christ through the Holy Spirit and serving where needed. That's it. Um, and it's really neat because there I can go and I fellowship and, and worship with. I'll go there and on uh, uh, some of the different Sundays they have it from 2 to 4 over there. So I go after here, I go over there on the first Sunday, sometimes the third Sunday. Um, but uh, I, and I'm worshiping with guys that are Baptists, that are Assembly of God, that are Church of Christ. But the the focus is let's take the Holy Spirit and the power of His love and and what He wants to do and bring it to the church we're at. And that's why they do it from two to four. Um, Dr. Collins that founded that and started it uh, also came here on fifth Sundays for a while and shared. And the individual now that's that's leading it is a very business oriented man. Uh, as a matter of fact, they just had donated to Acts Ministry the Shrine of the Holy Spirit in Branson. I don't know if any of you have heard of it or seen it, but it was built by the guy that started um, Pizza Hut, and it's uh, I think it's like a five million dollar property or something that was just given to him, um, where they're going to have uh, every day at five o'clock, I think it was. Forget the time. They'll have prayer for people that need healing and things like that, and they'll staff it with that, and they do like weddings and stuff there. Um, but uh, that ministry is one that I was involved with, and and one of the things that the guy that's leading it now also has a strong focus in is autism outreach. He has a son that had autism, 
and so they have done a lot of shows and a lot of things uh, called, uh, what's it called Autism Outreach. I forget. And they're working on uh, another group of some individuals in the area where they'll go into people's homes that have children with needs and things like that and, and remodel the home for them, you know, at no cost. Uh, you know, like if you have someone that has a wheelchair, you need wheelchair ramps, you know, different things like that. If you have a child that's very destructive that has autism, you may need some kind of a sensory room or a room that's got walls that aren't easily kicked in or, uh, you know, there's lots of different needs that they'll have special uh, that they're working on going in on. But with that autism outreach and now with me in the autism uh, focus at work, I can start to blend the ministries that I'm involved with and the work I'm involved with and work them together. Um, and the, the other one uh, that I've been involved with is Stained Glass Theater uh, down in, in uh, Ozark, which is really cool because it's just people that it's a full-time uh, Christian theater. They do Christian plays, and it's all volunteers, and it's people from, again, all different churches, Baptist, Assembly of God, Church of Christ, and it doesn't matter. Uh, we don't talk about denominational things when we're there. We talk about Christ and, and serving Him and having uh, a show that will put on a message that will affect people and affect the community. And, uh, and so it, it's really neat. Um, one of the coolest things for me was just not too long ago, they did a play that was based on the bookstore that I started. A gal worked there after I had left the bookstore. And she wrote a play for Stained Glass Theater. They did it at Stained Glass Theater, so here it was both based on the bookstore that I started. And um, so I was able to, to be there, act in the play about the bookstore. I provided all these books for them, and at the end we donated them to a place that sends books overseas. Uh, brought them about 3,000 books, helped them set that up. And, uh, and the leader of Stained Glass Theater at that time also got ordained with Acts Ministry. So it was like all those different areas where God's giving me opportunity to minister just merging together as one uh, and seeing that happen and so I'm excited about moving more and more into this warfare and not that this is all about me but I want to let you know where I'm coming from to give you that foundation of there's been a lot of years <laughs> involved getting me to this point and I'm ready to move forward more with it but but I'm going to use wisdom I'm going to talk with the the guy that heads Acts ministry and find out how I can do it how can I move into more of a full-time ministry uh, have income from that, but not do it in a way where the government's going to come after me for all their taxes and stuff. Eventually, we'll probably have that battle. But if we can avoid it for as long as possible, <laughs> why not? Uh, why not fly under the radar uh, as long as I can? Um, okay, so I'll pause for a second, see if anybody has anything at this point that they want to share. It's like, blah, 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 blah. Well, it's just so interesting to see, you know, how... Uh, we're, we're in an age where, where God is really wanting us to get our priorities on on, on serving Him, you know, yeah. and by means of serving other people. Yeah. And uh, you know, I find myself in a place where somebody would have told me 20 years ago I'd be where I'm at now. But but anyway. Uh, you know, that's where I'm at in my life right now. I'm wide open, Lord. Wherever you want to take me, I, but I want to serve, serve you. And, of course, he always brings up in the areas he's used you in the past. Right. And uh, uh, so, you know, again, it's it's like the days are short, you know. Oh, yeah. They're short. And, 
Look at look how fast things are going. With, with God, He can do it one day. We we can go out and think we're going to accomplish, you know, weeks, months, and years. Yeah. We're listening to His guidance and direction. And so, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's encouraging to hear, you know, where where because in this again, you know, the media is so plastered with just. You know, I'm going to get even, and and the two sides are so opposing. It's just yeah, it's it's pretty wild. It's, 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 There's know, a lot of very fantasy worlds out there that you hear damaging, about, damaging, like, yeah. especially like when you look at some of these uh, presidential debates and different things, yeah. different ones, and they and they talk about stuff, and you're like, what? Well, where do they live? What <laughs> what world do they come from? Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially one of the top leaders in our country when they when he talks, sometimes you're like, where? where what? <laughs> how, how do you get there? <laughs> well, let, let's see. I, let's see if I got this in my mind right. You can go into ministries and get people to come to work at where you're working at. This will create funds for you to operate, yep. but get them a job and can create the ministry and all that. I, I think it's I think it's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, in other words, as long as it lasts. Right. Yeah. As yeah. long as it lasts. Yeah. And and really, my main thought in wanting to do that in the churches in Springfield is more to bring a message that stirs them up, <laughs> that gets them thinking in different ways, and just kind of breaks through some of that religion that's that's in Springfield, some of that. Um, Hard-heartedness, some of that, some of that um, willingness to just stay where where things are, stagnant. You know, my, my neighbor Jules uh, Hillary, which I told the story about, I mentioned it to you one day in church. Here. He's a senior elder at the Methodist Baptist Church, and they fired him teaching Sunday school, which they weren't charging anything. But I'm right. Thinking, uh, <laughs> yeah. How do you get fired when you're a volunteer? Using the Bible. It was not using their their doctrine, in other words. Yep. And and they, I mean, they would not let him teach Sunday school anymore. And so I think that was, you know, in other words, I think that's a major obstacle is that they're going to have to, because they are chartered to only teach that. There's no way that they're going to be able to. It's dangerous if you just teach the Bible. No telling what people will believe then. Yeah. In other words, I, I mean, I don't, you know, I think that would be an obstacle that you would, you know, they're going to want to put handcuffs on you. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'll be, uh, in order to go into a lot of places, I'll just have to have a set kind of presentation thing that they make. Yeah. Yeah. But I can always talk to people after. Exactly. People who come from other parts of the country and the world come into this region and now they all say there's a religious spirit in, in southwest Missouri, like almost nowhere else. Mm -hmm. and, and, of course, they claim, you know, the Bible Belt and everything. But, uh, yeah, and that's Satan's working. Yeah, know, yeah. It does that. Uh, I mean, it's... It's a blinding. Uh, it helps you to not see things. Um, yeah, it's like, what is it? Looking at the world with rose-colored glasses, you know. Well, and it's even, I mean, it's like... What do you got, Tom? Oh, no, I was, oh. I was just going to say that, you know, God does say that there's 
Yeah. Yeah. Scales. So what else would we expect? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's like when you look at the, you look at the world and the wicked getting more wicked. It's like, well, they're doing what they're supposed to do. I mean, okay, <laughs> good for them. <laughs> um, okay, uh, let me see. First or First Timothy chapter two, it says, after he tells them about you know being wise in his warfare and uh, holding on to faith and good conscience, um, he says in uh, chapter two verse one. I exhort you, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, uh, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. And so, you know, he, he mentions to Timothy that warfare he's going into and the things that he has to do. And you think about um, Paul and, and Peter, just the early apostles, and uh, Timothy, Saulus, Barnabas, all those different ones, and how uh, here they are coming with a message of love. Here they are coming with a message of forgiveness. Here they are with a message of fulfillment. The Messiah has come, uh, a message of hope and peace and joy and all those positive things, and what was one of the big reactions that they would get to it, but people would want to stone them. They would want to whip them. They would put them in prison. They wanted to kill them, um, you know, just... There, it's it's amazing the reaction to a message of love is anger and hate and destruction and death and you know it's like you can have eternal life I'm gonna kill you what what <laughs> I'm offering you love well, I hate that uh, and that's just the way because again you know the the whole world and the kingdom is in darkness. And you're bringing light. And what is the, the one thing that people really hate about light? Exposes. Exposes things, doesn't it? It's like, wait a minute. Then you're going to know. You're going to see. You're going to... Because in Christianity, that's still a big issue. Because within christianity and within church life there are a lot of people that have a lot of hidden things a lot of stuff in darkness and they really don't want it exposed and they can be successful i mean look at it look at look at our history in our country individuals that have risen up to top positions in their churches and in their denominations and in and in the culture and they're respected and they're doing and they're successful christian leaders and then all of a sudden this stuff gets exposed, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> hold on. Um, what, Ted Haggart was head of the evangelical thing. You got, you know, Jim Baker. You got Jimmy Swaggart. You got all these different ones, and you're just like, whoa. <laughs> uh, and, and a loss of accountability, a loss of, of that exposition. And so even then, you understand then, if you've got individuals and they're, they're, they're leaders and they're moving up and they're doing these things, but they don't want things exposed in their lives, what does that mean then? They are not going to let the light shine as brightly in the groups that they're in, in the places they are. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I shared with one individual I was uh, working with, I um, said, you know, some of these ones that are like in top positions in, in denominations and different places and stuff, I said, you know, many of them are, are in really low positions in the kingdom of God. And they're like, well, that don't make any sense. I mean, they're good godly people. They're doing all these things. I said, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. They are. 
I said, but you got to remember, when they're moving more and more into those positions, they are more and more being served than being a servant. They'll see it as service, but they're really being served. They're being served by all these other people around them. When the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the one that serves everybody the least. As a matter of fact, if you go to some of the churches and you go find, find some of the janitors maybe or some of the ones that don't have a position of leadership that are just there all the time, they're doing work and they're, they're just helping out and all said some of those are a lot greater in the kingdom than some of the ones that all the people look to as someone that's successful. And a lot of those individuals that are in those positions are able to walk in light because they don't have to hide this stuff to go and move up into this kind of position and to move there and to, to, to do that kind of stuff. They can be honest uh, about their relationship and struggles they have and things like that. And that's, it, it's an upside down way of understanding things, but I, I believe it's truly a reality. Sounds different than what you might think, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. How's Sue doing? Did you have a good uh, meeting with her? Yeah, we did. We had a and prayed Great. Got any word of encouragement for us today? Yeah, my my real hope is to see a real revival sweep through all the churches and denominations, and even the Roman Catholics. I mean, just see it happen. Uh, it's happened in the past. Uh, you know, I mentioned my my mom was involved with the charismatic movement um, in the Roman Catholic Church. 1971 and, it, and 72, yeah. we had friends. I of Catholic background, and my wife and. and and they, one of her friends says, oh, my God, you wouldn't believe what had happened. That was two years before. But the Holy Spirit was really moving yeah. on people back in that era of time. There was a lot of real stuff happening. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. I saw some of it firsthand. I didn't even know the Lord at the time. <laughs> Found out later who that was. Yeah, it, it, uh, and, and, and it's definitely time for it. Um, and, and I just want to play my part in doing that, too. So. You, you had mentioned it this morning and, and, and yesterday. Uh, matter of fact, even this morning I visualized that the only way that's going to stop the madness of the world is that, you see, other, other governments and countries, they're not mad at Americans. They're mad at the government. And, you know, and, and, China's a system and stuff. Yeah, in other words, individually, if we were together in the same foxhole, you know I mean? everything would be fine. And I think that that's the only way they're going to be able to shut down what's going on. 
the people of both sides and they try to enemy say, no, I'm not going to do it. I mean, we're not going to go and go kill each other for you. Yeah. For no reason. You know, well, it's a lot easier to be mad at a concept than it is at an individual. And that does happen a lot, you know, like with America or whatever, another country, you know, be angry at the, the idea of the country, the government, the freedoms, the whatever, you know, they have this whole concept of what these people, this group of people is, but when you actually meet one-on-one, -on -one, yeah, like you said, like if they're in a foxhole fighting together, it's a whole different story then, isn't it? Because yeah. there's no atheists in the foxhole. No. <laughs> I remember one guy was talking about it, he went to Vietnam, and one of these guys he knew was, you know, said he was an atheist and everything, and after the first firefight, he came out, he had like a, a little Buddha and a Star of David and a cross, and he, he's like, I don't know what I am, but I am now. <laughs> Just started praying to everybody. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, it, it, it's interesting how, you know, after he talks about the warfare, then he goes into this whole, you know, have your prayer supplication, authorities, live peaceably, uh, live in godliness and honesty. Um, it's good and acceptable. And you look at even in Jesus' life and his walk, one of the things that happened with him is what, who wanted to get rid of him for the longest time and always wanted to get rid of him, it seemed like, and was against him. Who was it that was against him? Leaders? Remember? Scribes, Pharisees, teachers of the law, Herod, you know, the, the government. Um, those were the ones that wanted to go against and You know, there were often times in his ministry where they didn't, attacked Jesus, they didn't do anything to him. You know why? Remember why? Because of the crowds. They're like, oh, wait a minute. I mean, he had thousands and thousands of people following him. I know sometimes we don't get this concept because we'll see some movie or something that got, you know, 100 people following him. I mean, he, he had tens of thousands of people. When he came into Jerusalem on the donkey and they were saying, Hosanna in the highest, there was tens of thousands of people that were doing it, and, and that's when they finally said, man, we got to get rid of him, because uh, uh, the Jewish leadership, Herod, and the whole government that was there in Jerusalem were afraid that Caesar would come in and say, oh, wait, they got this king coming, and all this stuff, they're uprising, and, and they were afraid of Rome was going to come and attack them. That's why, what did they say at his trial? We have no king but Caesar. <laughs> They're like, no, no, we're loyal to Caesar. Now later, in 70 AD, they did have a revolt, and Rome came in and absolutely wiped them out, and they were gone for the longest time. But that was the thing they were afraid of. The, and so if we walk in, decently, in godliness, in honesty, one thing we'll find as the attacks come, because they will come, yeah. is we will have people on our side. Even though we may have leaders and people in authority or these kind of places that come against us. And that can protect us, at least for a while, from some of those attacks. Uh, one of the things that the, they had to do with, you know, I talked about Paul, Silas, different ones getting thrown in prison. One of the things that they, the leaders had to do in order to be able to do that, remember what they had to do, they had to stir up the crowd against them. Then if they can get the crowd against them, then they're okay. Uh, and one of the reasons they were able to do that is because they were traveling, so they weren't as well known in those areas. But if we're living in an area, in a community and stuff, and we're walking in godliness and honesty and love, we're out here and we're going to come and we're going to bring uh, free produce for people that want it, you know, every Sunday and different things like that, helping them, getting them some reading material, maybe even helping them with some clothes or something like that or some firewood or whatever, you know, we're, we're just giving and we're helping and we're loving and we're honest in what we're doing, we'll find that we will have people that will be on our side even when those others come against us because that time will come. 
if we walk in wisdom, though, hopefully we can avoid that time for a little while. But time is going fast. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned this a while back, how fast time was going to go, and it's so accelerated. It actually caught me off guard the other day when I found out that it was the one-year anniversary of the terrorist attack on that uh, newspaper in France, that Charlie or whatever, Charlie. They said that was a year ago. I was like, I thought it was like in the summer. <laughs> Wasn't it just a few months ago that that happened? They're like, ah, this might have been over a year already. Yeah, time's going fast. Well, you know, we, we, we do, it's very, very important what you're saying, that we do have to make sure we maintain the moral high ground. Yeah. Because if we do the moral high ground, there's some spirit about it that, that, that they can't put it back in the bottle and put the cork on. It, it, it's very, it's a protection. You know? It is. Uh, walking in that godliness and that honesty that, you know, uh, always looking out for others, um, you know, that love, there, there's power in that. Oh, we'll get attacked, absolutely, and it can be very destructive eventually, but uh, there is a lot of power and protection in that. Praise the Lord! How's everybody doing? We're good? All right, I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer unless anybody has something you want to share. This is, this is introduction part two. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love, and I thank you, Lord, for the wisdom that you can give us. Help us, Lord, to be uh, wise as serpents and gentle as doves. Help us, Lord, to, to move forward and to look for ways that we can be more effective in, in our just everyday uh, walk that we have with you, that we can walk in love and honesty and, and godliness and, and goodness and kindness, that the, the fruit of your Spirit will just be manifest more and more in our lives that we can share with others. We can come and bring them love and joy and peace and, and help as so many are, are in turmoil, so many are in travail and pain, and so many are suffering loss, that we can come and bring that hope and that life. That to the hungry, that we can bring food and to the thirsty we can bring drink to the blind we can bring sight uh to the lame we can help walk and father i just pray that uh, even throughout today and and throughout this week you will just uh give us fresh dreams and visions and words from you that will hold us true to the warfare that you have for us and to to be wise in the way that we move forward and i, I ask lord that we'll each and every one take time to pray for one another and to lift one another up before you and uh, for wisdom and for direction and for clarity uh, of ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right.